that was it right there. <laughs> you Girl, know, we, we, already those have gold. we already have gold. I, so yeah, the beginning, as I mentioned, I still remember I was sitting in my front, front porch and uh, I didn't want to go over the same thing that I previously had gone because it's insanity trying to expect different results doing the same thing over and over again. I didn't want to go through that again. I have nothing against on-base hospital, but a lot of times the resources that they have and the information that they can provide you are very limited sometimes and you just have to rely on what they give you and just work with what you have and that's what i did but the second time come around i get pregnant and i'm like i'm gonna do it different this time let's change the tune <laughs> yeah so maybe you wouldn't mind walking us through what actually happened the first time what was it that was hard for you i was there alone not alone but he was in deployment most of the time so it's things you have to face but another thing is that i got diagnosed with diabetic oh my gosh what's the name gestational diabetes yes so i had no idea what that was i had barely done any research on it so when i went to the hospital they said okay you have to take this liquid that's really sweet that at the time of course it wasn't sweet at all and they said yeah you're pre-diabetic gestational so we're gonna go ahead and put you on medication so i'm like okay so i relied on that and i did that i went through everything i wanted to have a normal natural delivery and it turned out that they had to do everything that they mentioned on those classes before going into labor they said okay we might give you some drugs and i'm like no no drugs for me because i was all therapeutic i tried to do oils which i didn't know much at the time and they also mentioned we might give you something to, if they have to rush you into the hospital, into the, to, to yes. So they'll have everything preset. We sometimes might induce you. And then, so all these different things, I'm like, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. It did happen. Every single one of those things. I had no power about what was going on when I was there in the, given birth so they had to rush me in six times the nurses had to run in and rush and they would have to turn me over to one side and then to the other because after each contraction emmanuel he's eight now wasn't picking up on his heart rate so that was a concern for them and then eventually they walked in and they said the baby's not getting any better your contractions are getting stronger he has not dropped even though we had induced you already so we have to get you in like they wanted to give me a little bit of empowerment saying do you want to do it but you have five minutes and we're going to rush you in it doesn't matter what you say we're still going to rush you in so i still remember being in the room with roll i started crying i said no i didn't want this he's like, but he's going to be okay the baby's going to be okay i'm like okay let's do it basically and i was there alone i didn't have any family except raul and my friends was my co-workers basically and uh, so they rushed me in. They, I had no idea what they were doing to me, basically, because I never expected anything of this to happen. I didn't have a plan B. It was just, let's go have the baby and then come back to the house. So they did all of this. And then I recuperated. I was in my early 30s back uh -huh. then. Can you take a pause right there? So I want to know two things. I want to know how that made you feel. How was that for you? And then I also want to hear from Raul. 
how was that for you? Was it scary or were you like, is it okay because this, this is going to save the life of our baby? Was this really easy for you? Was it hard? Was it scary? How was it? Uh, you can say it. He hasn't told me yet. <laughs> he hasn't told you yet. He's a macho man. He's not everything's going to be okay. So I really have no idea. So this will be an interesting moment. Yeah. I was wanting to know, like Lola just told us that for her, it was really scary to to have to basically they didn't really give her a choice that they did but they were like we got to go we got to go we got to go like how was all that for you i think the way the process it was taken in the in that setting they didn't really give the educational portion to the mother or the parents we didn't know what's if this happens or the natural process would be a from A goes to B, from you've got contractions and then everything goes well, everything natural. So this is a process, but it's, yes, that's the expectation that we should know. But then suddenly everything came rushing in. This is going on. This, if you know, you guys have a choice for a C-section, but you have less than five minutes, not even five minutes passed by and they just rushed in and all right, let's go to the war. It felt like, I don't know how to explain it, but when a gazelle's born, get up and run before the lion comes and eats you. So it felt that way. Make a decision, but your decision doesn't really matter because we're here to save the baby anyway. So it's felt like it took us off the equation. But even before that, there was no preparations, no resources that were made available, for example, what kind of foods you should avoid to, to decrease any gestational diabetes, any exercise, any classes, nothing. It was just make your appointments and just do what we tell you. And just to enroll if you have time and come over, but it didn't make it seem like it was a priority at the moment because you were gonna give birth to babies. So they have all these things going around. And for me, it felt like, I had no control about it. I still remember when they put out the epidural, it went completely to one leg and it was an oops moment for the anesthesiologist that- All we could hear was oops. Oh my gosh, he actually said oops? Yeah. Ooh. (laughs) But of course I was in so much pain. I really didn't even know what was going on. So I'm just rolling forward and I'm all drugged at this point because of everything that I had been doing. I was induced, I was more than 24 hours of labor. So it was very hectic. Everything had to be taking place as as we were rolling with the punches and just basically that's all we could do. I think a lot of people use the word hectic when they describe things that are hard in hospital births. Hectic is a really common word. And I think like, I feel for the hospitals. I know as a provider, how scary it can be when things are stressful. And so I feel for them, like they're trying to coordinate five different people, five different care providers in a small room with something that feels scary and parents who are nervous. It's just not conducive in some ways to like the peace, calm vibe. But I want to highlight that little point of the hecticness, because I think that one of the things that people then try to do in their next birth is create calm. So I, I want to see if I can tease out any more, Raul. I want to just see if I can tease out like a feeling word. And maybe that's just not you, <laughs> but like, how did that feel? 
Did it feel scary? Did it feel stressful? Did it feel overwhelming? All of the above? Like, how did it feel? It was more of like, more of a learning experience for me. I felt confident because I, I trained with, within the medical field with the military. So I knew they what they were doing, so I didn't feel scared, but I think most of it would be for the mom. <laughs> most of the emotion would be for the mom? Yeah. And I see that because of course I had a C-section. I had no idea what I was going through. I just remember shaking a lot and that's a side effect of what they get you. And he was with my iPod because he wanted to record the baby. And one thing that they mentioned is if you pass out, I'm sorry, but basically we're going to kick you and you're a big guy. So nobody will be able to do anything. Will you? you just stay on the floor and good luck. And he said, no, I'm, I'm a corpsman. And they go, oh, you'll be fine. I see Raul as I'm laying down and I see him like with his face all excited, looking at me and still recording the baby. He knew everything was okay, but you could see that the way that he processed things, it's not like in a way that there's going to be bad consequences. It was more like a learning curve for him and the outcome was successful, even though the process was really heck. He was by my side all the time. He showed comfort. He made sure that I was comfortable. And when the nurse said, breathe like this. So he goes, yeah, like this and right in my face. And at the moment of the contraction, I looked at the and said, are you kidding me? And of course the nurse started laughing as well. And Raul goes, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. So it was one of those funny moments. <laughs> I honestly forgot, Lola, what a wonderful sense of humor you have. It's so nice. <laughs> no, and I, as far as I remember, that was it. Like, if I guess in general, if you're in a hospital, the expectations of being a mom, since they see it so often, probably it's more a mechanical thing that, okay, this is a process. If this, then that. It's not giving a lot of options, even though you might be given all the resources, but it's up to you to find them out on your own a lot of times. But if you have no knowledge and you're out there and you don't even know where to start, I think you were the best thing that happened to me after giving first birth, second come. And it was one of the best experiences. Like it was one of the best choices in my life I could have made. And I'm so grateful for it. And thank you so much. Cause you gave me everything that I didn't have the first time. Which was what, can you just name it? What was different? Uh, I think the second time around with you, the education part, personal attention you know, when first time she showed you her labs that she was getting close to the gestational diabetes again right away you told her hey control the eating habits and that triggered something in her like no i don't want to pass through the same experience so we changed the eating habits and because of that all throughout the pregnancy like the pregnancy it was healthier she was able to move a lot more both of us were more in tuned with each other with uh, with the foods and and during birth it wasn't like what they told us after the birth oh it's a small baby they'll lose weight but then gabriel didn't lose weight at all he grew on the outside where normally probably she kept the same eating habits it would have grown more on the inside, not on the healthy side, but <laughs> more like plumpy. And it would probably be another C-section. 
and by controlling the eating habits, keeping the glucose level down, it kept the baby in a healthy weight to come out naturally. Yes. So thank you so much for that. The other thing is the way you taught us when we brought Emmanuel, <laughs> you got him involved with during the pregnancy. He, he showed him, he was excited, he was more involved. We were all more involved. We borrowed the brilliant little sibling when he's born and how oh, he was yeah. born. So he was having all these questions. Oh, mom, so Gabriel's going to come out. And it's, yes, he's going to come out. <laughs> so it was a complete 180 degree from our first experience. And we we loved that experience. It's, oh, it was I'm so glad. Wow. It was, it was like, wow. We would like to pass through it again. Oh, good. Are you having another baby? No, <laughs> in my forties, there's no way I can. Are you really? Baby, yes, oh I'm gonna God. be turning forty something. Oh, <laughs> wonderful. Two days from now. Thank okay. you. Yeah, it's exciting. I guess what triggered I, I didn't have in mind midwife until I went to an OBGYN, and then it was the first time because I had a miscarriage before Gabriel a year before, and they were very. very Insensitive. Insensitive about it. Oh, they that said, happens. yes, and they said, okay, your your GC, what is it called? Oh, the hormone is called HCG. Uh, yes, that one. So a HCG, after it started to drop drastically, because uh, I had a first appointment a month into my second pregnancy, which ended up in miscarriage. And then the second time that I went in, they said, oh, it's dropping fast. So probably you'll get a miscarriage within a week. And we'll follow up, we'll give you a call, just try to be as comfortable as possible. So it happened on the 31st of December, so it was New Year's, and that's when it happened. It felt really bad, but I was expecting still for them to follow up and give me a call. I needed that support to know that there was someone out there that had the experience they could follow and follow up with me. And they never called, they even forgot. They like they deleted my whole file. So the second time, now the third time now that I got pregnant with Gabriel this time, a year later, I went back and they said, oh, no, yes. Thank you for coming, this and that. We'll follow again with, with everything that needs to happen. But I felt something was off. I didn't feel comfortable with them. And so I was looking for a midwife. That's when we had the conversation about having you as my midwife to be able to deliver the baby now not in a hospital environment but in my own house in a place that i feel comfortable that i could feel more empowered about what needed to be done and what i wanted to do and for you to be able to accommodate those things that's why beforehand we even talked about what i wanted in the room which was wonderful and so when i go back to the doctor and I explained to him, I said, okay, what do you think about me a wife? For him, it was a no-no. He explained the most horrifying things. He made me feel like I was being someone that didn't care for my baby. And I'm looking at him all scared. I'm like, I just told him that I don't want a C-section. I want to be back. And I know it could be possible. I'm going to do everything that's in my power to be able to make it happen. And still, you're telling me that you can't make it happen, but I'm a bad mom for wanting to choose someone that would be with me every step well, of the way. One of the words that doctor said is, do you want your baby dead? And that, and that he could fill out some paperwork to make the decisions for us regarding the pregnancy. So basically threaten us. And then for a kiss again, I came out as gestational diabetic 
And he's like, no, you need to get this lab stand. And I said, no, I refuse. And he's like, I'm sorry, if you want to be treated with us, this is part of the protocol. You have to do this in order for us to be able to get some samples of the, uh, the test results. And I said, I'll do it later. I'll do it later. I wasn't even answering their phones because at that time I didn't know how to back up and say, no, I don't want your services anymore. And that let me make my own choices. And I switched primary care doctors, not with you anymore. And they go, but are you still pregnant? I said, yeah, I'm still pregnant. So they gave me all the disclaimer that they're not responsible for anything. So they're more afraid of any uh, lawsuits. Yes, <laughs> I guess. So I, I dropped them completely out. It took me a while because I was afraid. I thought I was going to be doing something wrong. And then you found it. And the funny thing is I was, I think I was four months pregnant when I started, um, going with you when I, when we were together, we started doing everything. So I was still a little bit in pregnancy. Then of course I came in gestational diabetic again, and I was in my, my blood sugars. You gave me all basically tools that I needed. And I really wanted this to happen. So I did everything that was in my power, sending you the pictures of the food that I was eating, the logs every day, and then taking the sugar blood levels every day in the morning after every meal. I was doing my 45 minutes exercise. So I wanted this to happen because I had that experiences before. I didn't want to go through them again. So you hold me accountable for everything that I was doing. So I still remember that one day that I walked in and you said, Lola, your sugar levels are too high still before changing everything. I said, I am sorry, I can't do this. And I burst in tears. I'm like, no, what do you want me to do? I'll do it right now, whatever you ask me. So then this is when everything took place, logging everything, doing the exercise. And it paid back so well doing all of that. You were very clear. That's one thing that me and Ro liked. If anything happens and we need to rush to the hospital, be confident that you would let us know ahead of time. So we still have time to prepare everything that we need to, and you would take us to the hospital. And you did give us ample time when the same thing happened to Gabriel. Wild. It's wild that the same thing happened again. Yeah. His heart rate wasn't picking up after each contraction. And when you said that, the whole, the moment came back when I was with, Emmanuel and they said, we're sorry, we have to do a C-section. And I started crying. I feel like everything that I had to work for at that second, it was just taken away. And I think it was because me being afraid, but for you, you said, it's okay. And you take care of everything. You call the doctors, you give us the best hospital available for all of us to be able to work together. You were there with me while I was delivering the baby. It was a fun transitional moment from my house to the hospital. Fun. Um, Okay. Yes, because he missed the exit. He went the other oh, way. Right. And he's like, oh, it's just a minute away. And I'm like, minute for you while I was screaming in the car and you were in the back seat with me. And I'm sorry if I hurt your hand. If I was holding <laughs> it. I have uh, my hands. They're fine. Okay. <laughs> so then we got to the hospital and at the moment I was like, no, it's okay if it's a C section because it was so much pain. But the delivery process was from, it was less than 10 hours, which for me was a huge change from 24 plus hours to less than 10 hours. And they were not, I mean, they were painful, but it was normal. You gave me everything that I needed, all the tools, like, what do you need right now? 
and then the doula that was with me alex as well she helped a lot and the two of you really worked like but uh, can we go back lola so can you and raul you definitely can chime in anytime tell us the story so people listening right now don't have a picture of what actually happened yet so tell us so you were in labor and the baby's heart rate we were at home together and baby's heart rate started to drop. And like you said, it wasn't recovering great. So we decided to transfer and then we rushed in the car to the hospital. And what happened? I was screaming like a crazy lady. <laughs> they got me in a wheelchair. And I remember being in the car and saying, if I deliver the baby right now, it's okay. Cause my midwife is here with me. Cause it got to the point that I remember you telling me just try not to push. And I said, but I can, I have to push which was a different experience because you said okay if you have that urgency then push it should be fine you said your body is going to do whatever it needs to do so just embrace and you encourage and you gave me that strength and how did that feel did that did you feel stronger did you I did and less scared because you knew what was going on and for hear those words from someone that has has all this experience and knowledge and knows and knew me because we developed that personal relationship so when you said if your body needs to do it then it's okay and then i said okay thank you god thank you katie so i started push and we rushed to the hospital you had already given them all the information like the doctors knew what my situation was all my vitals uh, everything they had everything if i had been there in the hospital and so we walked in they had the room already set for me the pediatrician was there the doctor was there the OBGYN, the nurses the whole staff was there which for me was amazing i'm like oh my gosh katie you did all this for me because you had given us that information beforehand if there's an emergency and you were very honest with us that's another thing that we loved me and raul that you were honest you said okay Things might go the other way, not as you want them, but this is the plan. We have a plan for that, which we had to talk about it because I'm like, no, I want a birth, a home birth, but you don't know what's going to happen. Like things can go different ways, but you gave us all those tools. You got us ready for it. So as soon as we got to the hospital, the doctor was ready. And what he did was we're going to go just a local anesthesia and when he said that i remember looking at you and raul holding me and i'm like this is it and it happened so after we got to the hospital 20 minutes later i delivered gabriel so it was amazing because they had all the information i was here at my house i had no knowledge about where to go to the hospital Raul missed that exit and still i was able to deliver the baby at the hospital so it was like you had all these different routes of what needs to taken care of and for me it was very empowering i feel like i made all the choices based on the information that you gave us which was amazing lola i just i want to keep i you give me so much credit. And of course, like, I love that, right? Like I'm a girl that likes the credit, but I really like it really, every part of those steps were you, right? Like you're the one that had to change your diet and get stricter and more exercise. And like, I loved, and still remember, I remember getting the text from you that was like, okay, here's my sugars. Here's what I've been eating. Here's what I'm exercising. And you kept doing that. You were very consistent. And nobody had ever done that with me before. No client had ever been so on it. And I was like, oh, this girl is going to get it. She's going to get it for herself. 
and then add on top of it that it was during pandemic. Yes. You have to add that on top of it. There was a lot of, of yeah. limitations at the hospital, which yeah. would, you were ready for it. That's what empowered me more. And you knew what I wanted. So as long as you want this, we're going to make yeah. it happen. I'm going to work it. with you. So it was amazing. I think somewhere I still have pictures of you pushing out, Gabriel. Like, it was amazing. And it was amazing how fast, to me, I was very impressed by how fast the hospital worked and how well the doctor worked with you. I feel that other doctors in other hospitals might've been like, nope, C-section. And because, because his heart rate was for me, very concerning. Once we got to the hospital and we could see it on the monitor, it wasn't better. It was just as bad as we thought. And so then for the doctor to be like, okay, but I think you can push this baby out. Let's do it. And he really, I feel like he really supported that. Which was great because you were able to do that research beforehand. And you said, yes, they encourage midwives. If they're around, they'll accept them. Whereas the other hospital that I was in, they didn't encourage any midwife at all. And plus it was pandemic. So they said, it's only one person. It could be just your husband. It could be if you want your doula and that's it. And I'm like, I need my doula and I need my husband side by side. And then my midwife, if anything happens. So it was a completely different story on the other hospital that I was previously with the same pregnancy with Gabriel. Since. Yeah. And Raul, can you walk us through like your experience of, of the birth with Gabriel? Like how was all the, that whole series of events? How was that for you? The first part to cover the getting lost part of the freeway. I just wanted to give <laughs> a minute to enjoy the pregnancy. <laughs> so I didn't take a wrong turn. I was just sure to enjoy. <laughs> no, just kidding. When we when I heard you call the hospital and give the report, and I was amazed how like, and wow that was amazing. That was reassuring for you. Uh, yeah. So there's a preparation, you know, gave it, we gave enough time to prep the hospital staff for everything. Once we arrived, they were like, oh yeah, here she is and everything. Then was uh, talking to us, talking to you. You were there providing the, uh, the details. The doctor came in and I remember Lola saying, give me drugs. And he's like, too late for that. We're going to go local. So we're going to go like, local. No. That's the best I can do. <laughs> Everything was professional and you're staying by our side. That hospital allowing you to stay by our side was amazing and more support for us. And everything was great. And like you said, like within 20 minutes, baby came out and everything, cleaning, everything. And it was good. Lola, remember the gestational diabetes conversation? I need you to put it in the better perspective, which is that you are the hero, my friend. <laughs> it's not me. I well, didn't. I, I was the support. You are the hero. I, I guess what I'm, I'm trying to explain is that I'm giving you credit because the first time when all of this happened and I was gestational diabetic, they didn't give me all those tools at all. So I had no knowledge. This time you gave me all those tools. So for me, that's why I'm giving you all that wonderful credit. Because without you, I who, I would have not made it through. You gave us all the resources. You gave us all the tools. You were like my personal pregnancy Google.com. Every you were there for me. So I think we're both heroes. <laughs> we're heroes. Well, so have you ever watched the Lord of the Rings? Yes. 
So I'm Sam and you're Frodo. <laughs> See? We're both heroes. What's that? She doesn't like Frodo. Oh, she doesn't like Frodo? I don't really like Frodo either. But it's a whole scenario, okay? I understand. It's fine. It's fine. But yes, um, we, we were backing each other up. Like I was doing yeah. what you were telling me to do. Yeah. And you were delivering everything that you promised since the beginning, which for me was was priceless when you were checking on the baby and that gave us peace that gave us okay everything's going okay it was amazing it was so a lot of different things happened it happened the same thing with Gabriel but this time you empowered me you gave me all the tools and all I did is just listen to you which was just listen to your body Lola do what your body wants to do because that was the whole point this time so thank you for it. Absolutely. It's such a, it's such a rewarding feeling, Lola, to, to know that my work really pays. I could you, I really appreciate it. Gosh, I don't know. It's like one of those things where you almost wish, I almost wish that we could go back and do it again because it really was awesome to get to be your middle. Let's do it again. <laughs> Every single step that you're describing is because you decided it would be like that and then you work to make it happen and like that's to me the moral of the story right like at the end of the day Lola and Raul realize that they have this immense ability to dictate anything that's possible in their life and in in our case it didn't mean that you could dictate a home birth because the baby was not cooperating but you did choose a care provider that helped you be who you wanted to be in those moments right you didn't get exactly the events you wanted but you got to be who you wanted to be and i feel like that's that's key that right there that's what gave us everything and even afterwards you follow up through you were checking on the baby you made sure everything was okay so it was like a whole you're like a whole package <laughs> <laughs> and you gave me the idea also of getting a doula and i'm like what is a doula i don't even know but if you had not provided that information i would have never hired my doula which was here for me she gave me a massage which it was amazing so you two together and my husband were able to make this amazing surrounding for me because a lot of times even doctors might not end up being there for the delivery of the baby. What's going to happen? So the mom's already stressed up. She's already going through so many changes in her body. So it's still a lot of things in their mind that I have to think about on top of pushing at the moment every time they're having a contraction. So now you have that in the back of your head. There's so many things that, that as moms or given birth and the delivery process could could go different ways there's no prediction exactly how it's going to go but you were like a catch net underneath you're like okay we go this way we go that way and all i did it was just follow what you said but also listen to my body and listen what we were going through and and that's you made me go like finish from beginning to end it was great thank you katie and i'm really saying thank you you're my hero even though you say i am your hero but it's because without you i could have not made this happen but what i wanted to do was have a natural delivery the second time around and you made that happen so thank you <laughs> and i know raul is he's very thankful for it as well so, so glad you're here today raul it means a lot 
that you showed up for this. The fact that you are willing to be part of this story because it is your story, right? It's not only her story. So I'm just really glad that you showed up. And Lola, you're just an extremely generous person. And I am so lucky to have gotten to be with you. And people talk about fate, like, oh, it was meant to be. I don't know for sure about that, but I know that I wouldn't want it any other way. I'm so glad you called me that day. I'm so glad I remember talking to you. And I was like, wow, this lady, she is ready for a VBAC. Like she is ready. And just so you have, you're a person who has just so much information inside of you. And it's such a, a beautiful thing to get to be the recipient of all of that information. It's awesome. I just love to talk. <laughs> That's good. I love to listen. So we're a good know, As Raul mentioned, he trusted you. And he's someone that's really hard to trust people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he completely relied on you because I relied on you as well. Mm-hmm. So that also said that also after giving birth, even the, uh, the pediatrician and the nurses were amazed because they mentioned that Gabriel might lose a pound or two after he gave birth. But you gave me all the tools and you helped me monitor everything that I was eating, that it was so healthy that the baby did not lose a single ounce, nothing. Now him being delivered a normal size, he was able to go through the canal, everything was good. And then outside he started gaining weight, which was amazing. And for me, he's a very healthy baby, very strong, very smart, but you gave us all those tools. I would like to think that kids that are born in that way where you feel empowered and everything like the nutrition and you're more peaceful because you're getting the care that you want and deserve. And so your body is maybe more peaceful. And so maybe, maybe that's one of the reasons why he comes out and he's a really pain tolerant or peaceful kid because he's, he, that's what he was grown inside of. Just like Katie. Yo soy su partera. Partera. ¿Entiendes partera? ¿Conoces partera? Like, I remember seeing your face when I came out of mommy. Kidding. <laughs> okay. I'm speaking Spanish to him because I thought you said something to him in Spanish, but are you teaching him both? Yes, he does speak both, which is really weird because he's two and he talks to us in Spanish, but to his siblings home only speak English. So he speaks to him in English and we had no idea he was doing that until one time I bumped oh, wow. him and he goes, hi, Alice, how are you? And they go, oh, <laughs> and then, Hola, mama, ¿cómo estás? so he, he knows who to talk in Spanish. And wow. Ro, was there anything else that you wanted to It was very great experience compared to the first time. I remember the first time we asked the doctor, what should she eat or should she have a do not eat list. She's then she's all, well, whatever you want. But then on the second go around, he told her like, no, you actually gotta watch your nutrition, your intake, because it's gonna impact the way the baby grows inside. You actually give us the tools on how nutrition affects our bodies. And it uh, could be in a good, positive way or negative way, you got to start in that thought process that we actually practice to today also. Is that right? Yeah. 
Lola, are you seriously? Did you change your yes. eating? Yes. Yeah. yeah, I changed everything. So it was a habit because I got him into it. And now we're watching everything. Of course, you have to have that cake from time to time and sometimes ice cream. And But now we stayed with the eating habits. Even with Gabriel, he eats his vegetables. And uh, his candy is fruit. You don't give him candy, family members do. But he doesn't finish it. We also got him used to that eating habit. So it's not just during pregnancy that you helped us. It's also, you give us a tool to start eating a healthier yeah, life. Yeah, that's amazing. Because that now I am, I'm still a little overweight because of course it was not easy to lose all that. With Gabriel, I barely gained maybe like 20 something pounds. Yeah. And then now I am under 10 pounds than I want when I was before getting pregnant with Gabriel. That's awesome. Good job. Good job. Once you get that new habit in place, it makes a big difference. Everything we eat, we sometimes use the phrase, remember what Katie said, what's your protein? <laughs> That's right. If there's no protein, you're not eating right. Got to do it. I remember. <laughs> that, that shifting their eating habits with that started with you. I have not even close to pre-diabetes, no cholesterol. Oh, that's great. Everything is on the low side. And then that's, we kept eating, having the eating habits so with the tools you gave us. So it's not just for pregnancy. You no. opened up a door for a completely new lifestyle. That's amazing. And you helped us not to lose the focus. And at the beginning, logging everything, my focus was, I don't want to end up in the hospital not being able to make my own decisions and somebody saying, you're going to do a C-section. So every morning that I would wake up and do those, I started with doing six minutes and every day I would add a minute. And then eventually I ended up or even five minutes extra, but I wouldn't back down. I would continue to add every day. And even in my PJs, like I, I knew what my weaknesses were. So when you're pregnant, I think the best way to do it is know and understand your weaknesses and know what your focus is. Once you have that, then know how you can do it. Like for me, my weakness was how the heck am I going to get into the elliptical when I am so tired? I would just jump and half awake, half asleep, and I'll just say six minutes and I'll start walking slowly. And then eventually it got to the habit. As soon as I woke up, I'll start walking slowly. And then I, it got me to the 45 minute every day. And it was amazing because now I was able to complete my workout. I was able to make it and now I have it, eat healthy, and now we continue that throughout even after being delivered so it's just a focus and know your weaknesses and i think you'll be okay just to know well, you're, and you're talking about habits you're talking about starting off with six minutes and then incrementally just building slowly i think that's like a proven that you're describing a proven technique for building a habit for me, it's, let me get it out of the way first thing in the morning and i don't have to worry about it because yeah. i can't do it at night you look beautiful lola you really do you it's don't called, look. It's called makeup. I'm just oh, yeah. <laughs> it looks great on you. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for being willing to do this today. I really, it's really nice to see you again, Raul. The beard is good. Good. Um, and I, and also, like the counter to the coffee comments is the oatmeal, because your oatmeal was truly outstanding. <laughs> oh yes, a lot. <laughs> I used to monitor that. I learned a lot of things that I didn't know back then about what could trigger your glucose. Like mm -hmm. I, I loved uh, lentil soup. And I remember being to 
like I wanted because of course you get more hungry than usual so I got myself another plate and my sugar was just high and I'm like well, how the heck is this lagoon it turns out it also triggers your glucose which I had no idea I didn't know and everybody's looking at me like yeah it does I didn't know you, you don't know until you know yes so it might be things that you think like everybody else knows so sh I should know so I'm not gonna ask it's not the way that you portrayed everything for us being parents when we're in that line of parenthood and having more kids you say any questions you have there's there's no such thing as non-important questions or questions that you think are irrelevant because every question for you it might end up down an alley and saying oh shoot i should have asked this why i didn't ask i forget this and you're always open in that communication channel going back and forward and and that's one of the things that we both appreciate because you answer all our questions and um i asked the doctor okay so what happens if and i can't remember the exact question and then her answer to almost everything would be it depends and i'm like i understand it depends but can you give me more information about it, it depends my head was spinning everywhere and i really didn't know where to focus so you gave us all of that a point to focus somewhere to look up and forward and to know that's your focus your focus is you don't want to deliver your baby and and in a hospital, but you want him. And if it happens, you want him to be in a surrounding area that it's comfortable for you, that you feel empowered, regardless of where you are. There's plan A and plan B. And regardless of, I'm going to be right here for you. That's really helpful, Lola. So I've been, I'm like constructing an audio course, right? And the podcast is like the way that people will get the free information, hear your stories, get inspired to think that they could do it. Because so many people in our country, they walk out of a shitty first birth and the people around them are like, well, that's just birth. That it's just shitty. Oh, so the audio course is, it's exactly what you just said, but you just gave me a new thing I can put in, which is these are the focal points. These are the things that are going to help you really dial into what do you need to do this time in preparing? Because you know what you... The course, it, it drives you through, you know what you did last time because it happened to you and you have a lot of feelings about that. And so let's use all of that to help you decide what you want to do next time, right? Because at the end, a home birth midwife is going to give you your best chance, honestly. It is. Yeah. But some people won't choose that or they can't or whatever. So like in your case, the person would have had to get on the controlling the sugar as their key issue. And then, so that's their focal point. And then they needed support. And then it's all the stuff about the VBAC. That was my focus. I didn't want any medication. I was breastfeeding. I didn't know how that was going to affect in the long run. Even the hospital said, oh, if you have pain, take Tylenol. And okay, now, for me, I've always been against medication unless I'm not given any other resources. But now that I knew more with Gabriel and I didn't want to take any medication, I didn't take any. So they said, oh, no, you can take Tylenol. I said, no, thank you. I'm not mm. going to take any. Mm. See, there's the pay for it. Yes. It's yes, exactly. And I think you're right. Like when they say, here's the medication, here the, here's a list of side effects. Like n people are thinking, I need this. I need the relief. I need the solution. I guess I can't think about the side effects right now. Yep. The other way to do it is, okay, here are your options, medication or diet and exercise changes or do nothing. Like 
the healthcare system needs to be able to put the options in front of people and give them enough time to talk it through. And then if your doctor is, or midwife is, is able to talk you through all of that, like really provide time, then I think those things really become an option for you. Yes. Agree completely. That's human nature. That's why we needed a midwife. That's why we needed you. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Really so much appreciation. This is like our third, the third time I've asked you guys to come on and be interviewed about your. Oh, we're playing. It, it was, I just, we don't get tired. I, at least I, I don't get tired of it either. I love it. I'm telling the story that if it empowers more people and it gives them a little bit of option or maybe just a little seed for them to understand or to know that there's other options out there that they don't have to go only with one way and that's the right way. Because I, I think we as women have, and especially if we have someone on our side that bugs us up. I have, I have to go back to work. <laughs> Excuse me. I gotta go to work soon too. Raul, thank you so much. Take care, man. Oh, you look great. Look at you, you look great. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Bye. 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 Oh, bye-bye. Yes. Oh my gosh, Katie, I missed you. I hope you can too, I know. It's been crazy with all the kids and now I'm back in school. Oh, good um, for you. Now I'm taking agriculture. My my fingers are filthy with dirt all the time, but I'm trying Good. to grow garden and trying to stay more healthy than. Oh, than that's the awesome! Oh my gosh, there's so much. I'm taking soil science and the science behind it. It's like you were the initial domino effect to all these different things. Now that we want to do and that we know it's possible, because before and I would say that I would say that you came looking for me because the inside of you was ready for that, and then I, I was just one of the the pieces that you were like, yep, I knew I could do it. I knew it was possible. And then the dominoes fall. And that's what happened. And I'm very, we bought land in Arizona. I know how to grow things there. So we're going to do that. We're going to create our own little greenhouse, make it sustainable in a way that be there every day, but it's, I just want to make it in a way that it self-sustain itself with water. And then there's water flowing underneath. We're going to do it well. So there's so many plants that we want to do and we know it's possible. So that sounds wonderful. Thank 